What's up, guys? This is Dr. Josh Simons, physical therapist, and welcome to the PT Ascent Podcast, a podcast where I detail my journey as I go from a staff physical therapist to an entrepreneur. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, people? Today's a little different. I'm going rogue. Usually I have a set of talking points that I like to give over, but I didn't really have time to make that today. Uh, if you were looking for my podcast yesterday, you you probably found out that there wasn't anything there, and that's because I'm a day late. Sorry. Uh, and it was really because I was having an awesome day yesterday. What was I doing, you ask? Well, you're probably not asking, but in any case, I was doing something that I have been meaning to do ever since I moved to Florida a year ago, and the fact that it has taken me this long to do said activity is really just flabbergasting, and that is to paddleboard on the, on the ocean, and or rather just paddleboard in Florida in general. So paddle, paddleboarding has always been a joy of mine. I have not done it a ton, to be honest, because I don't own a paddleboard. But I've done it in Virginia. I've done it in Texas. And both times that I've done it, it's just been an incredibly excellent experience. It's super fun to go out and paddle. It's not super difficult to do. It's It takes a little bit of balance work at first. But honestly, if you have reasonable balance and aren't stumbling all over the place on your normal day-to-day hike from the car to the store, you're probably going to do okay on it, give or take 30 minutes. So oddly enough, I've never done it in Florida. I've never done it in a state occupied by water on most of the state. And that's bewildering to me. But that changed yesterday when I decided to go paddleboarding. So I, I found a meetup group that was having a paddleboard event down in Jupiter, Florida, which is about 45 minutes from where I live. And I figured, you know, enough is enough. I need to go out and just do it. It seemed like a really good opportunity. They were doing a, basically like an instructional session to learn paddleboarding on the ocean. I'm always, I was always used to doing it on flat water, so I knew it was going to be more difficult, um, but I was ready for it. I was like, let's, let's, let's freaking do it. So I drive down. The weather is beautiful. Oh my God. We get there. I get there. It's like perfect weather. We get, I get there at like 845. Uh, I meet up and I'm running a paddleboard. And, you know, this is just so typical Florida. We get onto the beach. We have all of it. We drag all these paddleboards with us. Paddleboards are very heavy, by the way. If you've never carried one, Carrying it from a parking lot to the beach is a workout in and of itself. So we get finally get to the beach, and the instructor is giving an overview on you know how to how to get into the ocean and what to what to do to actually start to to get on your board. I kid you not. Five minutes before we're about to head out, after she's done with her done with her spiel, we're about to head out. We look over to our right. And what was this beautiful sunny day, there's this dark gray nebulous 
cloud of garbage coming our way. And it's just so typical Florida. But there, there was a uh, happy resolve to it, though, and that it only lasted 10 minutes, and then it went away. Just as quickly as it came in, it blew away. And uh, it, so I went out and had a really good paddleboarding adventure on the ocean. I had never done that before. And it was a lot harder than flat water, as you can imagine. But, you know, after a while, it's just, it's just therapeutic just to be out on the water. You know, I challenge you to find one person on a paddleboard that looks mad. Just, just humor me and look for it. You won't find one. You absolutely won't find one. And that, I think, really speaks to the culture of, of paddleboarding. And I, I always say how, how my niche is, is golf because I do love golfing as well. But honestly, I could easily see a secondary niche being in paddleboarding because, you know, paddleboarders get injured too. They get a lot of shoulder injuries. But uh, that's, a, that's certainly a, a task for another day. All right. That was an extremely long detour, uh, but I think whatever, let's just go with it. Like I said, this is kind of an unscripted podcast today. And to be honest, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going along that detour because I tr- if I'm being truthfully honest, full disclosure, I didn't get a lot done, done last week. It, it was not a, I don't know if it was because of the holiday or if it was because of just maybe a lack of motivation. But in any case, I did not get a lot done. Uh, but I did get some things done. If you've, if you've noticed, my podcast cover has changed. You notice that? It looks freaking sick. So uh, one, of the, one of the things I had smart virtual staff do, um, if you listen to last week's podcast, I kind of talked about how I've been outsourcing some of my more uh, smaller tasks, more design-oriented tasks to smart virtual staff because they certainly are way better at it than I am. So I sent them the idea to do a podcast cover, and I was, I gotta say, I was blown away by how good it was. I mean, it, it looks professional, right? I mean, Joe Rogan, watch out, man, I'm coming for you. Okay, not really, but in any case, I thought it looked really good, and. While it doesn't necessarily may not reflect the quality of the content I produce, uh, I, I certainly like it nonetheless. So I got that done. They, they did finish working on a logo for me. Well, uh, multiple logos, actually. So I, I have to pick between a couple of the logos that they sent out. And that's been difficult. But it's been a, a good dilemma to have because I'm, I've narrowed it down to two logos and both of them are incredible looking. They're very professional, very sharp, very minimal, exactly what I, I kind of wanted in a logo. So I have a good dilemma in that I have two very solid options and I have to somehow pick the, the best one. And so I decided to poll a few people and I think I polled about five or six people and it was basically split down the middle. So I guess it doesn't really matter which one I pick because both are good, but I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very neurotic and I, I have uh, a indecision. A, a, that's one of my 
poor traits is a trait of indecision. And so that has led me to not been able to pick my damn logo already. So that's something I have to do this week. In any case, they've, they've been working on that. Uh, hopefully this week I get my business card design. Really the only thing holding up my business card design is the fact that I still haven't picked my logo yet. So I need to do that this week. That's, that's kind of crucial for me. Um, what else have I done? Okay, last week I also talked with my, my mentor in the mastermind program, uh, Joseph, and uh, we had a really good conversation about developing the avatar or what some people call the, the buyer persona. And I read a really good book and I can't think of the author off the top of my head. Let's see if I can look it up real quick. Because, I mean, for anyone that's actually into business, I think it's a really good, um, I think it's a really good read that a lot of people aren't discussing is your avatar. A lot of people will make a product, make a service, provide a service, and they're providing that service to, to an audience that doesn't really care about it. It's not a problem that they're, that they're dealing with. And so if you can get your, um, if you can get your, your audience and you know their problems, then you can honestly just, if you get that, then you can form the product around that. And that's why it's been so hard for me to uh, move forward is I'm really trying to nail down what my buyer persona is. All right. I found the book. So it's called, it's called finding the right message how to turn voice of customer research into irresistible website copy by Jennifer Havis. Anyway, it's a, it's a small book on Amazon. There's not like a ton of reviews for it. And I think it's because it's a, it's a pretty targeted topic to be talking about, but I think she does a really good job at talking about how to develop your avatar because there's a lot of people that say, And this is one of the things that I've been having trouble with is people will say, okay, let's say you want to work with um, people who are 25-year-old runners. Your your target is a male 25-year-old runner that has a nagging knee pain that he can't get rid of. The, The issue, or not the issue, but the difficult thing for that is figuring out, uh, you know, it, it's easy to say that, what do they want to do? They want to return the running. That's obvious. That doesn't take a whole lot of depth to be able to get to that conclusion. The difficult part is figuring out, well, why do they want to get back to running? Like, what what is it that drives them to run in the first place? And for me, when I'm talking about golfers, that has been a very difficult thing for me to do. And I think part of it is because for me, for me personally, you know, I don't, I don't play golf competitively and I don't play often enough to have an injury really, um, really affect me in in a, in a debilitating way, at least as it pertains to golf. Like, like if, if my back hurt when I played golf, it wouldn't affect me in a life-altering way. But for a lot of people my age, 
and especially older, where that's a lot of times their their only their only outlet for enjoyment, you know, that that gets tough when you when you try to figure that out because I I don't have any experience to draw upon to figure out what are their desires, what are their fears, you know, what what is really driving them to to want to get back to golf, and especially working with because um, I'm kind of in the in the stage now where I'm trying to figure out you know do I want to work with people who are more uh, around the age of like 50 or so so people who are kind of in that close to retirement stage and are likely playing golf every weekend or do I want to work more with with younger people do I want to work with the the 20 the 30 year olds that that may have um, that may have some pain when they play golf and it's something that they haven't been able to shake whether it be them being afflicted with being able to compete and then there's the whole other side of the spectrum well maybe I can work with people who just want to boost performance that however I think is a difficult market because that's where where personal trainers and and golf coaches can really can really dominate you know, obviously, as PT, we're kind of known for treating pain, or at least that's that's what's been historically been what we do. So that's been what I've been wrestling with is, is figuring out who who do I want my avatar to be? Because I'm divided at this point, and I've had some pretty good conversation with my mentor on how to further develop that. Not only that, once I figure out who specifically I want my avatar to be, I then have to figure out who is my who is my one person that all of my marketing messaging is going to be targeted at. One thing that Joseph told me to do is that you need to aim your messages not to a collective group of people. You need to engineer one person to target your message towards. Because if you can do that, then the clarity of your message is indisputable. Absolutely indisputable. And the beauty of it is that because the message is clear, it will also attract other people who maybe aren't your avatar, but like the message that you bring. And that I think is huge. And that's why I'm really trying to make sure that I am very comprehensive in developing this. A lot of people or a lot of the the research that I've done into buyer personas and, and avatars from all of the research that I've looked at, a lot of the mistakes that other companies have done is they haven't done that enough research into that. And like I said previously, they make products and services that fix a problem that no one has. And that's the last thing I want to do. So that's my goal going forward. And I, I set up a uh, so an actionable checklist that I set up with Joseph on, on how I'm going to move things forward. So that, that entails me uh, reaching out to, to people in my community, to, to people who that I that I've maybe worked with in the past or maybe people that I want to work with and just trying to pick their brain a little bit 
even treat them out, treat them to dinner. Like this is another thing Joseph suggests. Just treat them to dinner. Because who says no to that? If someone asked me to a free dinner, hell yeah. Why the hell would I ever refuse that? With that being said, that's uh, difficult to do. It's it's uh, it's difficult because it's uh, it's a very new environment for me to to just strike up conversation in that sort of a, a scenario because it seems very interview like, and I guess it is in a sense, and and, and that's the. That's, I don't want to use the word frightening. That seems a little bit exaggerated, but that's the unnerving part of it is, is it's something that's unfamiliar to me. And I know it's just an obstacle that I have to to just push past, but that doesn't mean that it's, that it's not real. It's definitely a tangible fear that I have. Um, So that is definitely going to be a, an obstacle for me this week is, is trying to not only find someone that I could pick their brain a little bit and, and figure out, um, you know, if they have been injured, figure out, you know, what the, what the, what does that look like for them? How, how is that, how is them not being able to play golf because of some sort of injury impacted their life? And that's what I hope to find out through the interview. And, and uh, you know, um, I know the first one that, that I do, it'll certainly be a lot easier the more of them that I do. And it's not like I think I need to do a lot of these. I think one or two will will certainly suffice, but my goal was to do at least one. And so that's that's my goal. I have a uh, I took golf lessons last year when I first moved here because I needed to um, sharpen up my swing a little bit. And real awesome, real awesome golf coach, excellent golf instructor. And uh, I, I think one of the ways I'm going to do that is by reaching out to him. And see if maybe he has some some clients that are uh, have experienced pain or maybe some some issues that have affected their golf game. So we'll see. I'll certainly keep you you updated about that because ideally by the end of July, I would my my goal is to have my avatar absolutely nailed down. If I can have that nailed down, then I know that I can deliver a solid message because that that part I'm not. Uh, I'm not terribly worried about because I've already developed videos for Instagram. Like I'm fairly comfortable being on camera for the most part. Uh, it's I still get nervous getting on camera. Hell, I even get nervous doing this. Every time I I do a podcast, I always have to sort of kind of talk myself into it a little bit. And and you'll probably notice. I mean, when I first start speaking versus how I'm speaking now is probably notice audibly different in terms of just my what how I sound and my comfort in doing so. So that's my goal. Talk to the talk to the people, figure out what they need, develop my avatar, and then crush it with the messaging. All right. Like I said, I didn't have a set list of things that I wanted to talk about, but I think that is pretty much most of the content that I, I kind of wanted to to outline. So with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to this perhaps very discombobulated and unorganized episode of the PT Ascent. Um, I look forward to to chatting with you again and uh, providing some more content that I hope you find valuable. So I hope you have a good night and I will talk with you soon. All right, take care.